0: For too many years, families of children with devastating illnesses have felt helpless as they watched their child suffer. Today, they're taking matters into their own hands and finally finding relief, treating their child with cannabis. These are their stories.
1: Welcome to another episode of Love Love and Cannabis. I am
0: Nina Simmons. And I am Osiris Steffen. And
1: we are the proud parents of
0: Aiden Aiden Steffen. Hey guys, welcome, welcome to another episode. Hello, hello, hello. Oh my God, today's episode is going to be probably one of those that, you know, I've said I've met a few times before. I'm excited about this, but this one I am definitely, definitely excited. Very excited. of Her help, support, and nothing but love has helped us move forward with um with Aiden and helping him get through those bumps and bruises in his development as well. It's just, you know, finding the right mix of when it came to uh, CBD oil. And so I am very fortunate, you know, as well as our family. Very grateful. Very grateful and very fortunate to have Dr. June Ellen Chin. Uh, she's an advocate for better understanding of science and medicine of cannabis. Um, Dr. Chin has an office in New York City and Westchester, and she consults with many doctors and patients in the area of cannabis. And um, she was our, our second doctor that we've turned to. And we're not turning back. <laughs> so, Dr. Chin, welcome, welcome.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I was very, very excited all day. I was looking forward to this podcast talking with you.
0: Yay! Oh, my God. We've been excited for about a year. <laughs> and we're like, why we haven't gotten on the <laughs> show yet? <laughs> I'm like, uh, you know what? For the most part... Since we started doing it, we're like, okay, let's get better at it. Let's yeah, get better exactly. at this. Let's get, and then we'll bring on board because we don't want to look like some Joe Blows like,
1: really, guys? And then we finally got the equipment to have guests on because, you know, you can't have anyone in your place now. So
0: Yeah, exactly. So the timing. So we've really stepped up our game to make sure that we have, as you can say, we've cleaned our home to make sure to welcome you in. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. No problem. So please tell, give us, our audience, a background on your experience, how you got started, and and where are you now with um, being in this industry and helping uh, families?
2: Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, I got started in California 15 years ago. California legalized medical cannabis 20 years ago. So, um, wow. so when I started, um, you know, that medical model in California was was at its infancy, and I was a, a patient before I even became a physician. So I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease of my spine when I was a med student. And one of my attendings, one of my mentors offered me cannabis uh, to help me get out of pain. And he was um, an HIV and AIDS doctor. And he said, look, you know, you wear this back brace all the time. You got to work 100 hours a week. You're never going to become a doctor unless you get this pain under control. And so he opened my eyes to medical cannabis. It helped me for my chronic pain. So when I started my practice, um, it was actually mostly special needs children. So my husband and I started our practice in Southern California and these, you know, these kids actually were, you know, parents did all the legwork just like you did, did all the research and said, Hey, what about, what about cannabis for my my son or my daughter with seizure disorder or a metabolic disorder, genetic disorder? You know, some of them came in non ambulatory, right? They were in a wheelchair. Some of them came in nonverbal. But they said hey this cannabis works for the seizures or the muscle spasm or the pain you know my you know my girlfriend told me about it and helped her and her child so we opened up our eyes with the help of other parents and we started integrating cannabis safely as mds with their other medications so we work with other neurologists we work with um their speech therapist, their physical therapist, their OT as a team because we always knew that it was a team approach when it came to treating the child and integrating medical cannabis. And so here I am, you know, 15 years later, I'm in New York. I grew up, I'm a Bronx native, so I came back to New York five years ago and I have the practice out here and we treat children and adults. Oh, wow.
0: Because I remember, I think it was just Mm -hmm. the uh, children you were working with, but now you've moved into the adults or has that been always...
2: Yeah, we treat adults because, you know, the, the biggest challenge is finding a doctor mm-hmm. that will talk to you honestly about cannabis and, and finding a doctor that understands prescription medication, right? Regular prescription medication because there, there's going to be both uh, in a lot of cases. So we started integrating it for adults because adults could, you know, we're family practice by training so we neuromuscular medicine and family practice so both my husband and i you know we know how to treat adults and children so we started making it a, a family
0: clinic oh, wow it's interesting now is there a difference in your approach between the adult and the child or is there something or are there are similarities as you go along until some point you decide to change it up for each one
2: it's very different when you're treating a child you're you know, obviously, working so closely with the parents and educating the parents, teaching them how to um, keep a journal—something as simple as keeping a journal—and then you're talking to the other healthcare providers because you're, you know, for me, standing up for the parent and saying, "Yes, I agree that medical cannabis is something we should do." Some of those other healthcare providers have a stigma, or they might feel like, you know what, I don't—I'm not comfortable with. Medical cannabis, and so I'm here as a partner with the parents. So then we talk to the other healthcare providers and try and educate them, not to convince them, but just educating them, opening up their eyes to something new. Some of the practitioners they'll say, "You know what? We don't, we don't want you in our practice." So then I have to help them find other um, integrative or holistic practitioners as well. So it's a little more legwork, (laughs) and then we're talking to teachers. You know, if medical cannabis works, we're trying to bring in the teachers and the nursing and administrative staff, right? If the child goes to school, filling out paperwork and making sure they can get mm-hmm. their medicine in school. Um, so it's, uh, it's easier, actually, for adults because adults have a lot more uh, flexibility. Wow!
0: Uh, just to give a backdrop uh, for, the, for our, you know, basically our listeners, we had met you after our first initial doctor helped us get a medical marijuana card, a gentleman that we met. Uh, through a a friend of mine he he really had no idea he just knew that he wanted to give out a prescription and he just wanted to be in the industry he had no idea what was going to work and what didn't work but we took it took his advice and was able to get you know the cbd all that we wanted um we had i think
1: so what i i just got the sense um i went to another medical we went to medical cannabis doctor but i got the sense that he didn't really work with children yeah that was he our knew biggest what issue. he was doing but we got the sense that he didn't never worked with seizures actually what not so much children but like seizures epilepsy yeah, which it was is different than the adult chronic pain or yeah. the post-traumatic stress and then i went to a women grow meeting and i met uh one of your colleagues and he then referred me to you and that's, that's how we that's how well, we, we
0: met yeah you know? that's how we, the whole thing started and from then on uh you've been a big supporter. In fact, when we had initially uh, did the press conference to introduce the detention bill, the 8191, uh, the S8191 in New York, uh, we had the press conference. Um, you were there. You were uh, supporting. Prior to that lead up, I was, basically, it's funny because I haven't really gotten the chance to talk to anybody who was there to support us. Like, what was happening for you during that time and then what's happened since then? Because that press conference, to me, it was really huge and it did get a lot of visibility and then also the video that we did um, with the Huffington Post that had over like four and a half million views yes on Facebook I was like I met people like in different (laughs) states that are like you look familiar i I seen you I'm like yeah we did the Huffington oh my god oh my god that was beautiful I'm like okay (laughs) it's like yes that's us yes
2: I still still have uh, other families calling me from watching that video get out and This is years later. Yeah, I know. Um, it's you know it's very different treating children. I mean, I, and I treat children not just with seizures, but with ADHD, yes. with anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kids that have Tourette's, OCD. You know, that a lot of things that cannabis work for, but but it's it's challenging and it's different than an adult practice because we have to be on top of of everything with the child. They they can't express
1: you know yes. oh
2: I don't feel good or a seizure's coming on, mama, you know, like, so you will look at Aiden and you already know from the look in his eye, he has a glaze in his eye or he got up a little bit differently, Mm -hmm. you know, you you already feel it in your bones.
0: Oh, yes, we are so in tune. So
2: you, yeah, exactly. So you'll know more than any x-ray, MRI, CT scan, EEG before it even comes out. You already know what's going to (laughs) say. That's true. So for me as a physician, I believe that working very closely with the parents because, Parents know their child better than anyone. So you tell me, if you tell me that amfi is not working, something different is happening. Then we will have a conversation with the neurologist, you know. Or if you're saying even this cannabis dose, this is too strong or this is not strong enough. So it is a lot of um, collaboration, a lot of background work that not that, uh, you know, physicians that don't have experience with pediatric Mm -hmm. cases and integrating medical cannabis just can't do. So for me, I kept a lot of data, medical data, clinical data for my 15 years in California, because I had to cover my butt. Number Mm -hmm. one, I had to make sure that I charted everything. Um, and I would, this is all I had. I only had the parents, To tell me what they kept in their journal i only had you know their their ancillary um health providers tell me you know what they saw in pt or ot and i jotted everything down i kept every information down and i started to see patterns i started said wow this you know this cannabinoid this profile did this and Mm. at this age and look what happens when the child reaches puberty you know it's a growth spurt seizures are going to increase and this is what we need to do with the cannabis or even for for female patients um, girls that start menstruation. When they start menstruation, those a lot of the cannabis regimen has to change too. So all of these things that I've learned over the years, um, you know, is, is where I get you know the evidence where people say there's there is nothing but anecdotal data. But we've been sitting on data from California for twenty years. Come on now, wow, <laughs>
0: that's that's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. So I mean, just listening to what you're saying because we actually remember those times when Aiden would get a cold. We'll notice there's a change in his um, seizure activity. Or when he has growth spurts and the seizures are through the roof. We're like, okay, what's the timeline? Oh my god. It's about his um, growth spurt time. And so we have to adjust to um, to the CBD accordingly.
1: And I think, right. and I think that's the difference between um, that parents, maybe you could explain to parents um, a little bit more is that it's not going to be Always oh, consistent. Yeah. You know, in terms of the results, they, there are going to be some dips. There are going to have to be some adjustments. Maybe you can explain that a little bit more with CBD.
2: Absolutely. It's not going to be consistent because of hormone changes, sleep changes, you know, yeah, cold mm-hmm. and flu. Um, all of that stuff, I mean, even for adults too, for, for me as a woman going through perimenopause, I'm like, wow, these are some changes, (laughs) you know, adults, (laughs) adults go through these changes too. We don't, we don't realize it because we just kind of like try and, you know, put it to the background. We're not paying attention to ourselves, but children are very, very sensitive, very sensitive to anything. You know, it could be light. It could be, you know, you watch the late movie. And then you didn't get enough sleep. Bam! There you go.
1: Sleep, yeah. Oh mm. my god. Yes, yeah, we, see, we know the important. sleep part very, very, very well. Yeah. So you know, I work in a school, and I've seen I'm seeing a lot of children with ADHD, ADD. Are you getting a, more patients with that diagnosis?
2: Yes, I am, and I. So I, you know, of course, I help integrate nutrition. Uh, it's very important for ADHD yes. kids, mm-hmm. um, but I do integrate medical cannabis as well. It helps. You know, I think with the nervous system, you know, I always say kids with ADHD, they have a Ferrari as a brain and they have bicycle pedals mm-hmm. for brakes. And, you know, that, setting is, you know that, that saying is very, very common and it's true. They just can't stop. And, you know, it could be the humming of the HVAC system or, you know, the child in front of them is tapping on a pencil and then the teacher is dangling their keys. So all of that is really important. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they start to glue to that. So what the cannabis does, the mm. cannabis tempers all of that and allows the child to focus. Um, and you know, we're we're not talking about giving cannabis to a normal teenager, a normal functioning teenager. When when children have this, you know, quality of life disrupted by ADHD, anxiety, OCD, they have a, a, a not a hundred percent functioning endocannabinoid system. So they need
0: something. Mm. Got it, got it. So. Uh- now the patients that you've been seeing are they referred to or walk-ins I mean cuz I know that we, when we did everything together with the Huffington Post with the press conference have you noticed that you've been getting an increase since then or was it basically about the same before, prior to all the things that you know, we've been doing and that you've been doing on your own
2: My family's everyone knows you guys oh. <laughs> Get out <laughs> I really do. I mean it's really since we've been working together they have been like, we want to be like Aiden, what? and we want to learn whatever you taught, you know, whatever you said to this person. Like, you know, we saw that Huffington Post. We saw, you know, That's
0: hilarious.
2: <laughs> how'd you get, you know, how did you get the nurse to do this? How did you, you know, so you know, give us a map, you know? But no, they everyone knows about. Uh, you guys. Oh my <laughs> so
0: gosh. That, so that is. You're gonna be beating people like, like I know you guys i'm like, okay, who am I <laughs> and America's most wanted.
2: No, you have changed uh, you know, me you know, I was just thousands of lives. Thousands of lives. Wow. And that's being conservative.
0: Wow. Wow. But
2: and I get emails from all across the country. I mean, so it's not just New York. Oh wow. Yeah, I mean i get emails from a lot of people from States, southern states that don't have access to even hemp cBD
0: yes. Uh, yeah yes that
2: right that have seen that have seen you know the transformation that um know about your podcast that know about what your story and your journey through with aiden and and they're following it because they you know they don't have the support this is sort of their roadmap and and they're trying to figure out ways to to get to where you're at wow,
0: wow. thank you
1: I thank have to you. be honest watching for me watching that video is very. The Huffington Post was
0: very, very hard How long me. did it take before we actually watched it the whole thing? Very, it it took was us very like about for me. Two, it took us about a week and a half to two weeks. from Because the t- they were in touch with us, Lena, the young lady from Huffington Post. She had got it set up. She had posted on Facebook. And then she hit, um, reached out to me and said, hey, look, we're posting this on Facebook. I think we watched within the first 30 seconds. I had to stop. We had to stop. And I'm like, I'll, I'll watch it another day. Because this is, has been our life real time and then for it to be played back at us was a lot it was heavy for me oh my god i think we both kind of cried a little yeah. bit yeah to realize like wow this is where we are and just to kind of
2: well i think it's also very brave of you to share your story when huffington post contacted me and dr davinsky about doing a story they said you know do you have any families you know with children that would be willing to speak with us and i gave them a few names and all of them said no yeah, except for you and dr Preparato. Most families don't want to share their story because they're either afraid of a stigma, what their neighbors are going to think, or what their family members are going to think. Um, And then they're afraid of just getting in trouble with child protective services.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. I guess for us, it was like, no, we we have to let people know because somebody's going through this and we don't want them to go through the same thing we went through. Uh, I think the benefit for us is that we took a chance within the first two months of him being diagnosed that we said, we're gonna do the CBD oil, because a year prior to that, I just learned about cannabis altogether in the sense of being medicinal. Because before anything before that, I just thought, hey, recreation, get high, just sit somewhere, get something to eat, yeah, call it a day. We really didn't, you know, just much. become a stoner. <laughs> you know, I knew the negative side uh, part of it as opposed to the positive that it offers.
1: And yeah, and what really happened was that we saw that Aiden was gonna be into the spiral of medicine because what that happened? Was he was on fear. his second med. And he was on the highest dose, because you know how they just you know basically you add on you don't they don't take they don't take any off so no, you they just be ramp on up. two and then they'll give you another one so you're on three and then they'll, they'll max that one out and we kind of saw that Aiden was going to be yeah. in that you know that spiral and we wanted to do this before that happened but do
2: you think it's you think Nina also because of your healthcare background uh, do you think that you know preempted you cuz you already had that foundation.
1: I do, but you know, sometimes you you separate the two, but what got me was one day I was at, at the hospital and I saw um a, a patient where well, he had seizures too, but it was, it was a, a grown man. He was like 6'4, like over 250, and he was on the same amount of keppra as Aiden. Yeah. And Aiden was 2 mm. years old. Yeah. And mm. I said, no uh-uh
0: yeah. this, <laughs> yeah, this can't be happening
1: i said because i you know i was i had to look through his you know he's my patient so i looked through his meds and i knew he had seizure i said this does not this this, this no. So, right. <laughs> no no
0: no 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 yeah and what's crazy because <laughs> what benefited us is the fact that at the time i was a stay-at-home dad so i'm doing research i'm home doing research i'm spending time with him so i'm watching him and when he was on the keppra and i'm like this guy's losing his mind. I'm like, I'm watching a two and a half, three year old just lose it, just wake up in the morning, just start crying for uncontrollably, just for no reason. And I'm like, we're not doing the Kepper anymore. And that's when Nina was saying, "Uh, well, I had experience, I saw this. And I'm like, okay, we're done with it. And what was interesting is that, that the the doctor at the time, the neurologist that we were seeing was one of the top neurologists in New York City. And he prescribed this. And what we found out later on is that the amount that he prescribed was for an adult male that's way over 200 Mm -hmm. pounds. That he had our son on. So we, we know, it, but it comes to the education because at some point we're just like, for me, I'm not trusting when it comes to like medical professions. Is this is something? is Because I feel that everybody has an in for something. So I just have to double check their work in a sense. It's like, you know what? You're offering this. I'm going to research it and then I'll come back to you with a yes or a no. And that was one of the things Nina, because to her background, Because she's in the medical field, she uh, she sees the opposite. So it's like for us, I think it's helped one another really balance things out and understanding, like okay, what will work and what will not work. What are we comfortable with?
1: Yeah, I'm trusting, but of course I have to question things. But I'm more trusting. You know, yeah, in the medical than I am. I'm not.
0: (laughs) I trust nothing. (laughs) No one in that sense when it comes to this, especially because as a father, this is my family. Uh, As a male role model, I, I, I have to protect. Yeah. You know, and that's one of the things, especially when you're having a black male child, it's like I'm like a hypersensitive, hyper Mm -hmm. big bear. I'm protecting everything. (laughs) Now, I, I had this question for you. I've been thinking about it for quite some time. Knowing Aiden and patients that you have who may be similar, are you seeing any differences as you've been seeing with Aiden, because I, like, I sent you the video of Aiden on the scooter, and that hasn't changed. That's been him on the scooter for the past, what, three years now?
1: As it At should least, be. Yeah, even longer,
0: yeah. Yeah, because I mean, he'll have a seizure. He'll have like a jerk or someone, what we call a jerk is like a quick twitch that just jolt him like it looks like he has Tourette's, and he'll go right back to whatever he was doing, especially if he's scooting. Now, do you see patients like that with the recovery? The recovery is...
1: the
2: Yeah, the your recovery, the recovery for Aiden, he snaps back a lot faster yes. because you started earlier, uh. because you, you, because also you guys did everything else. You know, all the therapies, you did nutrition, you talked about, you know, all these other integrative uh, things for him and you started early. A lot of the families either don't have access, mm-hmm. um, right? So a lot of them have don't have access to, to CBD, to cannabis, or they... They don't stick with it. They yes. don't. You know, they give up. Yes. Yeah. And then they're sporadic. So then they try it, and then they're off six months. Yeah. And try it again, and then, you know, and then they're off. So if there is no consistency, if there is no support, there's no access, that, that changes the whole game. It does. Which is it's not going to work.
1: Because his teachers, they're amazed. They're like, they're expecting that someone to have, like, to be, like, sleeping the whole day.
0: Yeah. Right. And he has And it. he's not. I've, I mean, I've witnessed some things where I've, like I said, take him out on a scooter. He'll have a seizure. He'll completely like collapse and he'll, you know, go into like almost like a grand mall, but doesn't last that long. It's like 10 seconds. He'll get up and I'm like, you okay? He'll cry for a bit. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm okay. I say, okay, let's go back. He'll jump on the scooter and just start running. It's just like nothing happened. And then, um, uh, cause we noticed one of the things I noticed with him is that his right leg would be weaker. And so I'll have him alternate. And push off on the right leg to strengthen that up. And then I'll tell him, alternate, switch on the left. And he does it and recognizes wow. it. Wow. And that's and, and we've been recording. I've been documenting this for a while. I have videos since he was about, when we first got his scooter, like four years old, four or five years old. He's seven now. So it's, I'm just wondering, like, again, with your patience, have you seen that kind of results with them with the same condition that Aiden's has when he was about 100, what, 100 200 seizures a day mm-hmm. to be able to still...
2: No, I mean, you're really one of the few because you are Olympian status. I mean, so not a lot of parents can document and be diligent or even have the time to be at home mm-hmm. um, and or the healthcare background. So you ha- having that healthcare background, I think makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, understanding anatomy and physiology yes, makes a difference. Yes, you know, does. some, some of the parents, they, they have a caregiver or a nurse come and then they're off to work mm. and then, you yeah. know, and then that's it. It's or hard. they're in a school with like 15, 20 other kids in the same classroom and they don't have an aid. Mm. Um, so there's a lot of different dynamics that go on with this. So it, um. I don't. I don't see the same results with everyone. It really does take a village. It really it takes everyone to be on board.
1: Yeah. So I remember having conversation with you, and you were talking about the, how CBD, cannabis provides neuroprotection for brain. Can you yeah. explain to listeners a little bit more about that?
0: Yeah, please.
2: Yeah, exactly. So it provides this cerebral protection, right? This this neuroprotection where it helps, you know, basically him recover from the seizure. So, and this is just, you know, children and adults, I see this with adults with seizures when they when they're taking cannabis, when the kids are taking cannabis and they have a seizure, they recover so much faster. Whereas before it would take at least 24 to 48 hours, you know, they're in this lull, and you're like, Oh, you know, he, you know, he or she just had a big seizure you know, give it a day or two and then we'll get back to normal. But with the cannabis usage, it just comes back. They just bounce back. Um, Even if, you know, if you're having nocturnal seizures in the morning, they're just still functional and it makes a huge difference, especially for children that are still growing, that are still assimilating. So you think of like nutrients and appetite, um, exercise. So by him recovering faster, he's not losing that time you know, re- recovering in school and, and um, you know, losing his appetite or just laying in bed, you know, not being stimulated. So you've, you've actually gained time with him in his recovery.
0: Yes, true. Because I know the early, the early on uh, stages when he first started developing, he would just be out cold. And then the medication would give him, um, what was the, one, the diastat? that's Valium and yeah. he would be out cold he couldn't do anything and we haven't used Diestat I mean oh God, we in st- years we haven't used Diestat since he was
1: three yes we stopped using it because he I doesn't didn't need like it because he doesn't have seizures that last three minutes oh, I think it was three or five minutes that we had to yeah, yeah I, that's like um, last year, we went to
0: see his neurologist. He's like,
1: Yeah, you haven't been hospitalized. <laughs> you haven't? <laughs> no.
0: And plus, I, and at this point, I don't think we would go because like, we, we know, know what, to, what do. to do.
1: And it's like, you know.
0: Yeah, even if he has a flu or something, we know what to do. We have like we have protocols. We've actually inclu- integrated protocols if something happens. Like, Aiden has a seizure wow. in the middle of the night because you know, like f- he was having like around 4 o'clock in He'll the morning. He had the grandma. More, yeah. First thing, one of us is up, gets an ice pack, put in the base of his neck, let him lay down after. Thirty seconds, it stops. Then we we'll rub some CBD either on his gums or we'll just um, give it under rub it on the bottom of his feet. We're, we we have this teamwork that we do wow. that we put into place.
1: Wow, that is amazing. Um, you can explain to the listeners more. So we we were doing this thing uh, with Aiden, um, and say he was having uh, twitches at night. Oh well, we yeah, would, that jerks. That jerks at night. Twitches. We would give him. Um, CBD, it might be TMI for some people, but we were doing it rectally. Yeah. We had like a very... Suppositories. Yeah. Type style. Type style. Can you explain, and that would really stop his seizures very quickly. Can you explain to um, the listeners why that happened?
2: So you're, yeah, so you're basically having him, you know, absorb the cannabis mucosally. So basically going in and absorbing it through the rectum as a suppository bypasses, you know, the salivary enzymes through his mouth. If you're ha- having them take a, you know, a capsule or a tincture that's not sublingual, um, you have to go through the liver and the digestion and the metabolism. Um, and that, you know, that's the whole reason why they have the diacet as well, rectally. Yeah. Um, it's just a quick delivery. Not all children respond that way, unfortunately, really? but most of them do. Yeah. Most of them do.
0: Wow. On average, what, how, many, how many medications... Are your patients before they come to you? Like, yeah. I'm a parent. I come to you. My child is having these issues. The other, you know, practitioners can't help. Can you help me?
1: Yeah, usually about four to five That's meds.
0: What,
2: yeah. Yep. That's what That's I That's on average what. four to five meds. Wow. Um, you know, you have the anti-seizure medication,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, usually like a benzo um, and, and an, sometimes an antidepressant um, and then sometimes like an anti-constipation uh, medication, right? Because all those medications give you constipation. Yes. So they're either on a... On like a stool softener, mm-hmm. um, or something like that. It's, it's there aren't a lot of meds, and you know when you have a little tiny body trying to process those meds, you know they end up not eating a lot.
0: Yeah, it's true. That's one of the things um, we were fortunate is that Aiden loves he loves vegetables. We we he's never eaten baby food. He's never had goobers. He has no idea what that is because I mm. like I said I was home, so I made all the meals. I made you know avocados, you know pureed avocados, pureed spinach, pureed all the vegetables for him to have. Meat was a tough sell. <laughs> that took a lot. That took a while, but I think that also benefited him too in the long run. Just having v- v- vegetables. Of
2: course, of course, one hundred percent. But again, not a lot of um, families even understand nutrition. Yesterday, I was on a call with someone from upstate New York. Same, you know, same thing. Child, she, you know, about a hundred seizures a month. Mm. I would say, or or more. So it's really, I mean, a dozen a day easily. Yeah and she was um she was um a teenager special needs no nonverbal. but she was sitting there drinking i mean coca-cola oh. so the the nurse so they have they have a nurse that that is you know with them and she, you know i just see them pouring the coca-cola and giving it and that's, you know she's just sipping it throughout the day and i said i said is she drinking coke all day and they're like, yeah can we put the cannabis in can we put the, <laughs> the oil in with the coke I said, oh, my goodness, oh no. this is going to be a longer session. Oh, <laughs> my God. I don't think Aiden ever had soda. But it's very common. It's very, very common. See, that's
0: another world for us because Aiden hates anything outside of water. <laughs> we have to force orange juice on him.
2: Well, you know, but, I mean, I know, but you've like his palate is different. Who, I mean, you know, most kids don't
0: eat vegetables. Oh, yes, right.
2: Because <laughs> the parents don't eat
0: vegetables. Aiden, I remember <laughs> Aiden was screaming in the kitchen once for spinach he lost it. he started tearing the kitchen apart where's my salad i
2: mean he's a foodie he's a foodie what can yeah, i he is say
0: he, is and he was breastfed for two and a
1: half years lucky guy <laughs> see there you go Jesus. <laughs>
0: i know it was tough uh for so um have you been getting referrals from other doctors like they're sending their patients to you because they seem to not be able to help them
2: Yes. Yeah, I still get many referrals because a lot of most physicians are not in private practice. They're um, part of a large uh, conglomerate, Network. a large medical center, mm. and they have to follow the guidelines of the medical center. So, if the medical center says our ah. policy is no cannabis, then they'll refer out.
0: Ah, so they can't help them themselves with the cannabis because they can't offer it. So they have to refer out.
2: Correct. Yeah, they have to follow whatever the you know the board of directors decide for the hospital.
0: Wow. Now, have you been seeing a lot of resistance or acceptance in your in, um, in your field as it relates to cannabis?
2: You know, I've been doing this for so long, a lot has changed, but a lot hasn't, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yes, I feel um, the same way. Yeah, I mean, when, when, and the West Coast is very different from the East Coast. In the West Coast, it's much more open, much more access. You know, families don't really have to pay for the cannabis. They're, they were sharing Whoa. it with each other, you know, basically making, using the bud and making the yes. teachers themselves. It was very grassroots. And when things started changing and large corporations were taking over and buying up small mom and pops, you started seeing the shift where um, families are just outpriced. They can't afford cannabis, you know, at the dispensary yes. or in the regulated market. Because they were growing and making their own. you know, they knew the cultivator and they were making their own and now it's a it's a real you know, really polar opposite. Families in New York are spending three grand a month at the dispensary. What? So the cannabis works. Right? <laughs> the cannabis works but they're just totally you need so much of it, right? Regularly. Yes. You know, especially if you're you're seizing so much Throughout the day, and especially in the beginning, you need a lot in the beginning because you're trying to get through that home, yeah. Um, and and figuring out what works and what doesn't work, so you're you're buying a lot of products. Oh yeah, three grand a month easily, three grand a month. Oh
0: my
1: god, we were com- just on the cannabis. Wow, we're complaining. We're about
0: three hundred to four hundred a month, and we're complaining. Well, I mean, I think the reason why is because Aiden is no longer at that stage where he needs a whole lot more than probably other kids, where they're going constantly <laughs> through bottles, because I. Now, t- the question to you is, nutrition, how much of a percentage does that play in the child's health and development as you deal with cannabis being introduced?
2: I think it has more of a difference if not equal.
0: Yes. Okay.
2: But not everyone can do a ketogenic, paleo-type diet, and sometimes it doesn't work, but not everyone has the um, access mm. to having good foods either, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, it's true. Yeah,
2: you know, I, I work with a lot of underserved communities, um, and you know, because parents are at work or they just don't have access to the freshest produce, they just can't do it.
0: That makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah, and it requires so much too to go shopping because I think at some point when Aiden was initially diagnosed, I think within like six months we would go food shopping, and we would I literally cleared out my cabinet threw anything that was processed anything that hasn't been used in 2 3 months and threw it out and started from scratch and basically read every label monitored everything and it was it was become like to the point that this is our focus like make sure we have the right meals the right amount of vegetables and fruits in the house
2: absolutely i mean you think about you know most of those processed foods it's high fructose corn syrup Right. So it's it's yeah. just all sugar. It's anyway, or canola oil, you know, just laden with canola. Yeah. So there really is no nutritional substance in it. Um, and and these are developing kids. And even, you know, like Nina, with your ADHD kids, ask them
1: what they're oh. eating at home. Oh, no. Right? One of my kids, had he had a Cinnabon and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. If I had a Cinnabon, I would not be able to sit still yeah, either. Yeah, right? I'd be bouncing off the walls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's hard. You know, again, parents are working, and the, the kids refuse flat out. It's yeah, like it's a, a quick
0: fix. Like, a, like, look, I got to do this. I got to get out of here. Here. All right, take it. Cinnamon bun
1: Exactly. If the kids are
2: refusing and they have a meltdown, and you, you know, what are you going to do? You, you have to get school. You have to work. Yeah.
0: Like, you can't, you know. Right. You can't wrestle with a kid.
2: Exactly. So it's not to say that that's an excuse, but there's a lot of dynamics that we really need help working with so I actually have a lot of families um, I find them like a nutritionist that work that is in network so either through their hospital I know Montefiore has nutritionists um, and special nutritionists so there's nutritionists for irritable bowel and Crohn's disease so they they focus just on that you know celiac disease or things like that there's a nutritionist just for seizure patients so nutritionists have branch off on their own specialty and they help the families and they coach the families on how to you know bring in the foods Slowly. And then everyone on the family has to be on board. Yes. So (laughs) the parents can't cheat and buy, you know, the ice cream and things for themselves. And and then their children are eating something different. The whole family has to make a change.
0: Yes. Family
1: lifestyle. Exactly. Are you finding certain foods kind of complement the CBD? Oh, mangoes, I heard does.
2: I have not found that. Okay. Um, there, I know there are certain oils, mm-hmm. the essential oils that are called penetration enhancers, mm-hmm. um, and they do help with, you know, the, 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 the plant terpenes itself. If you can preserve the plant terpenes, it helps absorption with the oils, um, and that's with many nutritional supplements, not just cannabis. Um, but foods and foods in general, I, I've heard of that, like mango being, having mercine and helping with the absorption, but I have not really been able to see anything solid mm. on I that. chocolate was another Clinically speaking. I don't know. Yeah. Chocolate or foods with fats, you know, that helps with the absorption. Yes. Because, because cannabis is a, is fat soluble. But you know, I, it, it just for, for, for working with children, it's like whatever it takes to get it in.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> So, so what, what's your opinion about uh, CBD water, with, um, where they state it has a high vi- um, availability, bioavailability? Do you think there's really something solid to that, especially in water when you, we're seeing that the body absorb the fat is so absorbed uh, through the oil? Oh,
2: in terms of like encapsulation? With nanotechnology and and making it more water-soluble yeah between the two yeah you know I I get asked that all the time Mm -hmm. yes and I I have not seen any um, like clinical data where they test the pharmacokinetics like the absorption and if it's any better but I know that plant medicine especially cannabis is fat soluble for a reason so you know, if we're trying to mess with it and trying to make it water-soluble, mm. is that, you know, crossing that lipid barrier, is that really good? I don't know.
1: That makes that's a, sense.
0: That's a good question.
2: I'm not sure. So the, so the jury's still out. I'd like to wait and see what happens.
0: Yeah, because I know a number of companies that are doing it. I mean, if I've had the, uh, CBD water and I've felt the difference. Okay. Um, it was about 10 milligrams. So I was like, whoa. All right. But it was like, but it was about $7 a bottle. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was like my maybe goodness. a liter bottle. I'm like, Lord, (laughs) I don't know how that's going to fly off the shelf. Now, with your patients, do do you also integrate the other fields? I think that was something you talked about because you did say that you do work with dietitians and nutritionists. How about physical therapists? Because, again, Nina's background being in physical therapy, mine just being basically a gym nut, just going to work out, that we've been able to uh, integrate exercises for Aiden. Um, Recently, I have him starting to do squats because we noticed that he was walking on his toes. A lot. And we I knew that was, you know, Nina sharing with me that is, is dealing with neurological. So we've been working on his squats, his stance, and dealing with that. Also, um, just the basic strengthening up his legs. Now, do you work in conjunction with a physical therapist to help parents in understanding their child's, you know, physical limits because of the seizures?
2: Yes. There's a lot of PTs that specialize in special needs children. So I do work with them, mm. and I make sure, that actually, that the cannabis dosage um, coincides with their sessions.
1: Oh, can okay. you explain more about that? So
2: sometimes kids that are very spastic that can't mm. control oh, yes. muscle tone, so yeah. I'll have them use the cannabis right before their PT session mm. so that everything is relaxed and that they the PT can do more work um, and and. A lot of times they'll find that wow, we actually got more done because the muscles were more relaxed.
0: Yeah, because the muscles did. Yeah, that was one of Aiden's things. He had like the tight Achilles heel, the tight hamstrings and calf muscles. Oh, yeah, from yeah, from walking on his toes.
1: My question: There's a lot of topicals out there. Uh, do you are, do you think that works better for the specificity or is the um, orally
2: the topicals are good again if they have penetration enhancers? So if they have essential oils that help go through. Um, The epidermal layer, but for the most part, Uh I've seen topicals work really well with neurological issues, like a diabetic, you know, foot um, or nerve pain. Mm. Um, Mm. I'd say that the menthol bothers children, Um, for they're they're very sensitive already, as it is to to, you know, certain clothing, um, certain like pressure as well. So anything mentholated, I find that my pediatric patients don't do well with.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Now, the children that you see, what are like the most glaring issues, physical, that you see outside of the the seizures themselves? Mm -hmm. Um, Is it that either with the wheelchair bound or they limp to one side? Because I noticed that there's times when Aiden will have a seizure and his right side would go weak, like he can't lift his right arm or his right leg drags a bit. Is that something that is common that Mm -hmm. you see? Yes.
2: Yes, it's usually one-sided. It's all—it's—it's it's usually one-sided and that's the same side, you know, the face will droop on that side or the neck, you know, the neck muscles collapse and they'll have a little bit like a torticollis, you know, the spasm of the neck muscle and tilt to one side and it's usually favoring one side. That is correct. And usually when you look, so Nina, you would know this, when you're looking at posture, the you know the scapula the shoulder blade will be lower you notice that the hip um, and the ribs will become more contracted so what I actually do is I show parents how to just do soft tissue at home so if they can't get to PT what kind of massages they can do at home to lengthen um, that area and just basically work that weak sided area more just you know just massage and the kids usually end up loving it and fall asleep but that helps a lot.
0: Wow, wow. Well, like, what's the youngest patients that you've um, had, that you've seen um, experiencing spasms and using uh, CBD?
2: Um, not my a nine month old is probably one of the youngest ones I have now active.
0: Wow, I thought Aiden
1: was young. Wow, nine months.
2: Yeah, and, and they, you know they have the seizures, um, but you know it it, it th- when you have them that little, it, you know it doesn't look good. It it's uh it can be a very grim grim prognosis, unfortunately.
0: Oh and what are the um usually the condition, or do they come in with a certain diagnosis, like oh uh, this they something they were born with, something that happened during birth, or like is it something environmental that triggered these seizures, or maybe even a cold, a virus?
2: Yeah, they you know they don't know. They always do. You know the wonderful thing about like Mount Sinai Epilepsy Center, NYU Langone, they stay on top of all the genetic testing. You know, they once you go into that system. I mean, Western medicine, allopathic medicine, can be wonderful because they have all these resources to try and um, research and get down to why this happened, mm-hmm. and and you should utilize them for that. But what they what they fall short is all they have is, is the same prescription medications for everyone, and especially with seizure meds. One
0: size all
2: Yeah, It's it's like you can't you can't go back to the Keppra and the Anfi and circle around back and circle around back. There's only so much you can do with that. Yeah. So that's where the things like cannabis work, diet, um, ancillary health practitioners, Mm -hmm. all of that is really, really important.
0: Now, what have you been up to? And um, and, I mean, did you start writing a book, or have you had another book? (laughs) (laughs) How are you promoting yourself more?
2: Well, yeah. Well, last last summer we I wrote a book. It's just it's a very holistic intro book on you know basically what you should know about the history of cannabis Mm -hmm. and CBD. know how we got here what type of patients I see you know if anyone that I would say cannabis 101 it's a really Mm -hmm. good book um, because it'll teach you about plant medicine you know what does it mean to start integrating something alternative you know how to talk to your doctor about it Um, they we were offered a second book deal actually on women's health and cannabis, but COVID, COVID hit, and so they canceled the book. Oh. <laughs> um, canceled? Yeah, the yeah, publishers doesn't? publishers were slashing their oh, yeah. staff.
1: Oh, so hard. Yeah, oh, I'm very interested in, in women's health and cannabis. Is it mental health or,
0: phys- uh, or or is it all around?
2: It's you know it's interesting because over the years, as I've been treating the children. You know, moms are, and I'm not to say the dads are, you know, don't, don't get the Yeah, don't the forget two, the dads. Okay. But a lot of the moms forget <laughs> about themselves and they give yeah. everything. I agree. And so sometimes I'll look at the mom and I'll say, hey, why don't you stay back and why don't we chat? You know, Yeah. I yeah. treat adults. You know, how can I help you? And then they're like, their whole eyes lit up and they're like, me? <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> yeah, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just, why I does that happen? It's in 10 years. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, like, why does that happen? Because uh, through experience of my own, I've seen it. So <laughs> I'm just, like, wondering, it's like, at what mode do you go, like, I am Han Solo. I'm going to do everything. I, I have to do everything. I can't sleep. I, I just got to think about this one child and that's it. Or just children. Whatever the case may be. And just focusing on that to the point is a fixation. And they forget they actually exist. Because I think, yeah. Lena, you can agree with what I've said to you. Absolutely. If yeah. you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of the family.
1: But it's very hard as a woman to do that. It is hard, and a lot of it
2: is like PTSD. So I actually have a colleague yes, that I yes. talk to a lot of. Um, uh, Dr. Holland is one of them, Julie Holland, and a few other psychiatrists. And, you know, there's a tremendous PTSD from day one that you yes, go through. And and that's part of it, being a soldier. So you're just pushing and pushing And Mm -hmm. just being almost superhuman, right? Thinking like, Mm -hmm. this is, I'm going to figure it out. I'm mama bear. It's my responsibility.
0: Yeah. And I'm going to figure it
2: out at all costs. And, you know, uh, not a lot of, you know, marriages can withstand that, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, mentally, physically. And it it, it is very hard. And we always forget, you know, for me as a mother, we forget about our own health. I I don't know how we learn to do that, (laughs)
1: yeah i think it's like <laughs> what, innate. What and i'm really glad you brought that up because i do feel like you know i'm definitely i'm seeking therapy as well now like, i do definitely think it's I, I do suffer from a form of promo- post-traumatic stress just the trauma of seeing your son go through all of this mm-hmm. it's just it's, it's very sure. traumatic and i know a lot of my uh good friends have kids on the autism spectrum and that's traumatic too like with your yes. with the very with a, a severe severe behaviors where your kids banging their heads or, or having severe meltdowns going through that it's also traumatic and you don't think of it as being traumatic at the time but then like when you take a step back you're like wow I've been we've been through a lot
2: yeah, yeah. I have a mom who um, she's almost seventy and her child is um, hold- um, almost thirty. And he's special needs, doesn't speak. But she has to lock her bedroom door, but, you know, because he's self-injurious behavior. Sometimes he'll he'll mm-hmm. act out on mom. But she has to lock her bedroom door because oh, she's afraid God. he'll come in and he can hurt her. Yeah.
0: That is scary at seventy. So, what happens? You know, that's that's one of the topics in my mind that I'm looking at big picture is down the road when that child becomes an adult and the parent is no longer able to take care of that, not even them, but themselves, where they need to be in a nursing home or a spa, hospice, like, what happens to this adult? Exactly. See, that's what we're concerned about, son.
2: There are not enough, there are not enough places for, for, for these. I mean, so th- her option was for, to put them in a group home. And when she put it, she tried putting him in a group home, they would just
0: sedate him all day long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because they, they, they don't have the manpower to deal with someone, a child, a individual that, that age, that size. It's just great. Right. Because cool. they usually turn to be like, what triggers them in a the hormone one. that some of these children grow up to be like these man-sized adults. Like, wow, you're like 6'2", two, 240, 240. Yeah. It's like, and then you have this behavioral issue. Yeah. yeah. I I d- yeah. I sense that there's going to be the return of the asylums. My my personal opinion, I think there's going to be a return for that because the numbers are growing.
2: Yeah, there's got to be something, you know, if it, even if there's like an uh, an extension of, you know, nursing homes they have for elderly, if they can have, you know, better extended care homes or respite homes where they can take them for a little bit and give the parents some respite um you know and i think it's, it's a lot of it's a very complicated a lot of parents will say well what happened when i if i get old and or if i die if something yeah. happens to me who's going to take care of my special need child or, or a special need adult
0: yeah that's that's a big question now what are the states doing in reference to that i mean you know they're good for throwing money at things but nothing with any real substance or any real life changing it just says hey okay this is what you need here's the money good luck I mean, are you seeing anything?
2: It's it's so tough, no, because – and every state is different depending on funding. So with COVID, right, for example, the last three, four months I have been so busy with families calling me because they're, they're not working or they have to work from home or they have a special need child. So they don't even get a break. They can't even go to work and get yeah. a break what they normally do. <laughs> so they are going crazy. The whole family is going crazy, and they're worried about getting sick. They can't go outside to take a walk. You know, I had a two-year-old that his, what kept him from his meltdowns, his, this autistic child, is going to the playground yeah. every day. Exercising. Going to the playground, being yeah. active, exercising. And they couldn't do that. And the child would stay up till 4 a.m. So finally, the only thing she gave him and continuously gives him to this day is the iPad. So now he's so addicted to the oh, iPad, and he can't yeah. get off. He can't get off. And so, you know, she's calling me in a craze, like, he has insomnia, I have insomnia, there's behavior issues, you know, his motor tics are getting worse. So it's this whole spiral that, you know, and it's like, wow. Uh, I was, <laughs> you know, how, the cannabis is not going to exactly. fix that.
1: I was, I, ve- I was very sad. I work with um, severe uh, special needs children, and I was very sad for the parents when we had to leave school. Very, very sad. Because the routine. Yes. These you know, kids in these
0: conditions need routines.
1: The routine is off. Especially, especially exactly, boys. Exactly. Exactly. So I could imagine them asking for help or something, you know?
0: Anything. It's a lifeline. <sighs> the question for you, are you also collecting, because I know New York State is not great for this, uh, you know, I don't want to badmouth them, but then terrible when it comes to aggregated numbers on the age, sex, and um, location of children under the medical marijuana program, the patients that you see, especially when they vary around children, do you have data on the demographics, age, as well as sex, so you can get an idea who, you know, who your patients are, basically?
2: Yeah, so I'm, you know, I'm seeing a lot of pediatric patients, um, but also young adults that have you know that basically can't give consent okay. so these are i treat them as special needs you know quote unquote children because the, the parents are proxy are the health proxies okay.
0: now now what are the ages like you see a large number under the five years old or in between the 10 to 12
2: oh my goodness it it really varies i mean i see toddlers you know all the way up to like i 30 years old who is a nonverbal special needs um so there's a mix uh, of, of all of them um I, since we've, you know, been together working on, on the Huffington Post piece um, and some of the advocacy that, that you've done, it's a it's a real spike in younger children because they've seen your video, they've been inspired, they want to look at, you know, a, what a roadmap would look like for them. So, under the age of 10, easily. Wow, that's um,
0: a big number. a and spike. <laughs> And most of it is the seizures and neurological disorders or, like, do you see a spike in the seizure aspect of it like epilepsy or do you see in the adhd or add like which one has skyrocketed since you've been seeing
2: a lot a lot of seizure patients but also i do see a lot of ocd patients OCD, so pediatric patients that have you know motor tics or ocd tendencies um it's it's a it's a really big thing that the cannabis works for unfortunately ocd is not a qualifying condition here in new york yeah um but the, a lot of the special needs children have concurrent um, diseases like irritable bowel, you know, which we can we can qualify under irritable bowel um, or some sort of a neurological um, disease, and then we treat for you know the different symptoms like the OCD or the motor tics or the Tourette's.
0: Hmm. Well, now you no, so you're seeing like a number of children and adults. With stomach issues as well as on top of the let's say the ADHD or the seizure activities yes are there like is there a correlation between the two
2: yes, there is so when you yeah when you have the you know it's the gut and the brain axis is very interrelated, so um you know you 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 are very meticulous about Aiden's diet, so you probably see a lot less of it um but a lot of parents will will notice you know. The kids either has tremendous constipation, so they're on stool softener, they're on Metamucil, I mean, they have all this you know excess stuff, uh, or they have diarrhea, and they're just having the runs all day, oh my and God. then on top of that, you know, the seizures or ADHD or OCD.
0: Oh, my God. Now, what was the most severe case you've seen on either end when it came to the gut health?
2: Um, I've had a kid with um, what's called short bowel syndrome, where he was born with um you know abnormal bowel basically the the intestines were shortened some of it was not developed properly and had to be surgically removed and he just doesn't assimilate his nutrients and he has seizures so that That that's that's been really really hard to put weight on him control the seizure um and to help with behavior as well
0: i know that parent's going through it you know um Sadly, that some time ago, um, Nina and I were doing some research, and I came across something which was really scary and fascinating at the same time. Where fifty percent of divorces, um, ninety out of out of fifty percent of the divorces that happen nationwide, ninety percent of them has to deal with a child with a disability in the home, and I found that like wow staggering that. Yeah, it, it was mind-boggling. I'm like, 90% are due to what their child in a home that has a disability. So it's like parents have reached, one of one parent says, I can't do this anymore, and just basically walks away.
2: Well, it's interesting that you say that, because now that I'm thinking about it, I, I've never looked up that statistic. A lot of the special needs families that I deal with, either it's a single mom or the mom and dad are not together, and I usually have to do two separate visits. So the mom comes in, you know, all gung-ho, I want to learn about cannabis, blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, okay, well, you got to speak to my ex-husband separately and just tell him what, I, what you told me.
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs>
1: and then we
2: got to get him on board or, you know, her partner may, you know, may not be a male or a female, get her on board. And then it's, so it's a longer process. <laughs>
0: Oh so that's
2: God. interesting
0: you brought that up. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't even put those together. Yeah, because I mean, uh, Nina and I, we've we've <laughs> we, hit, we, we had we, our challenges. Challenges? Uh, that's <laughs> an understatement. <laughs> we just didn't have enough furniture. <laughs> but oh God, yeah, because yeah. we. I mean, it 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 can burn you out. I think for us, it was the uncertainty and then the lack of sleep because Aiden sleeps with me. So you know, to make sure that you know. S- you know, if he's okay, if he happens to have a grandma in the middle of the night, you know, somebody's up and, you know, being able to jump on it. And uh, I think that was a part of it. It's just that we didn't, we lacked the sleep. And at the same time, it's just that our uncertainty of like, okay, how long is it before he heals? You know, completely. or mm-hmm. uh, You know, when is it going to stop? You know, because we're always looking for the end game. This Put an end right. to this, as opposed to getting through the process and making sure he's healthy. That eventually his body will break it, and he'll be fine.
1: Yeah, so we definitely know how how that is with the relationship, and that's kind of why we did the we started this podcast. Yeah, let's really.
0: do communicate that, and I think a lot of it too is also um, we didn't know how to communicate with each other when it came to Ada, because she um, Nina has her perspective, and I have mine, and it would, it would come down to well, whose perspective's going to win. <laughs> 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 and it it's like okay mm-hmm. I, I mean it got to the point where we had to if we had a case to make about let's change this diet well why and it's like <laughs> well because I want to no it's not good enough so <laughs> bring the because, data yeah bring the data the <laughs> so we both have our paper research <laughs> right here in front of us sit down at the table let me see your research what do you have what do you have and we just exchanged the document but I think that made us better really because then we got it really really involved and in depth in doing research and finding ways to help them.
2: Wow, that's amazing. What a blessing. What I mean, really, what a, I, I know it must be really hard. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. But, um, I mean, you guys have really done so much, not only for Aiden, but for other families. I, I hope you realize that.
0: Uh, you know, it's, it's it's funny you say it. I'm like, really? I mean, I, granted, there's been a couple of families that we've um, reached out to us, that we shared some information, um, you know, guided them, and they were very appreciative. So, you know, it's just like I wish there was someone there for us, family-wise, when we were going through it. But you know, just the fact that we got involved in the community, and it's such a small community. The cannabis community is so small that they were able to refer us to people, and we just one thing led to another, and that's how we met you, and that's how we met some other people as well in the industry that have been able to help us, even provide us samples of stuff that for us to try out. It's been it's been great. I mean, I, I have nothing negative to say. I had a question. Last question. When it comes down to CBD and the ingredients, one of the things that we learned um, was that sunflower and lecithin oil tends to trigger Aiden's seizures. Why? Oh
2: my goodness, we talked about that, Nina,
1: huh? <laughs> yes, and so he wanted to bring it up because <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, I needed anything, I needed to explain to me. I
2: noticed that. I noticed that on my own um, when I started looking at the ingredients. Because what, what I do with the clinical data that I collect is, you know, every quarter, every three months, we start to extrapolate it. I work with a biostatistician. So otherwise, I'm, I'm staring at charts upon charts upon charts. But I look at all the data, and then we start looking for um, basically trends. And, I, and I, so I have everything down from the blood test to what they're taking and then the ingredients of their uh, cannabis oil. And I noticed that the sunflower lecithin started triggering... Um, the you know seizures when when it's a cumulative amount on certain kids, mo- mo- more so on boys. And I contacted one of my um, nurse friends who's a cannabis nurse, and I it, she's an expert in nutrition. And I asked her that, and she said, "Oh my God, I noticed that too." <laughs> oh, well, <wow>, hello. <laughs> I know. I mean, and that's, this is what the cannabis industry is, right? So we're sharing each other's data because that's all we have right we can't we can't research it and put it into a clinical trial cuz of its federal regulations still <laughs> so we all yeah. come together and i can't figure out the pharmacokinetics why that would be the case i looked that's ever since we talked about it like, i think it's like a year and a half ago i can't find anything on it and i was going to ask um my colleague dr spellman he's a phd in plant um he's a plant chemist essentially and I keep forgetting to ask him. But now that it's on my mind, I'm going to ask him and get back to you
1: with the answer. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting because like, he was on this uh, company. It was fine. It was working really great, actually. Mm. Then, all of a, then all of a sudden, it was... Te- seizures were te- te- just jumping. And then it was different. Like, shaky. As his teacher even mentioned it. And I just, look, I just happened to look. And I'm like, wait, this additive wasn't there.
0: Well, what benefited us is the fact that we kept the old bottles. Yeah, we kept the old bottles. <laughs> Don't ask why. Don't <laughs> ask why we kept the old bottles. But ironically, we kept the old bottles. And Nina's looking at the and comparing the ingredients, and she said, "Hold on, the legends included, and it's not in the old one. So the old batch, even so, if you look at the um, the COAs, uh, the certificate of uh, analysis, the lab reports, it didn't match up with what we were used to having. So they kind of changed things and didn't really give us a heads up.
1: Yeah. So uh-huh. yeah, so we were at, when um CBD companies." who just coming starting off, we kind of say, just keep it simple, like food.
0: Yeah. W- two just,
1: basic ingredients.
0: <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> just, don't go crazy. Don't yeah. cut corners because it's going to kill you in the end.
1: Because a lot of people try to add...
0: Yeah, to make it more, I guess what, bioavailable or, or just th- make th- it more I would fancy. Say just,
1: I would aid in just keep it simple. The carrier oil, CBD. That's it. That's all the two you need. Because for, you, sometimes you don't know how the child's going to react to what other additives are put in.
0: Yeah. But have you have you seen anything with the sunflower specifically because sunflower is in everything
2: it is unfortunately and so then you have to think about for me I think you know my background in biochemistry and in nutrition so mm-hmm. it's what are the metabolites mm-hmm. that lead because it's not, it's not just the lecithin it's what your body is metabolizing it and converting it to so what is that conversion mm. and how is that affecting uh, him neurologically uh, so that's, mm-hmm. that's like that's what you have to look at the metabolic steps not so i mean lecithin is found in egg yolk too so then you think about because when you first told me i thought well is he allergic to eggs is he allergic to you know something like does he effect, does he have that effect on red meat because a lot of people that are allergic to lecithin egg yolk red meat is usually kind of in the same grouping um so it's it's pretty complicated <laughs> hmm.
0: It is. You would have uh, to strip down to the beginning.
1: Because I know Aiden, has a high metabolism. And I think we discussed that maybe it was just having the CBD go right through him and not he wasn't absorbing it.
0: Yeah. Well, they say he only I absorbed like 8 to 10% anyway, if that.
1: But maybe he wasn't getting the CBD absorbing. Like maybe it was causing him to metabolize the CBD too quickly. I, I don't know.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's why I always say to my, 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 my parents, you know your child better than I do. So when they say something yeah. to me, like you said, to so like something's up with this, I never poo-poo it. I never put it aside. I'm always like, really, okay, let me write this down. Let me look at the chart. Mm-hmm. Let's go back and you know to the mm-hmm. drawing board. Let's review everything. And a lot of doctors don't have time mm-hmm. to do that. They're like, nah, 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 that's nothing. No, nope, it's not that. You know, like, I mean, then that's it. And you're like, yeah. what? That's the end of story. Oh, yeah. so we're not going to talk about this no more. Like, what? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, that's true. That's true. So let me, uh, this uh, question is, uh, what do you see is the most important, or even what do you have charted for parents when it comes to water, food, and rest?
2: The biggest thing for for epilepsy that is like the lowest hanging fruit is the sleeping.
1: Yes, we noticed that too. Yeah.
2: Okay, so diet is very hard, right? Diet's hard. That's why I have a nutritionist, like a coach essentially helping the family, right? Mm -hmm. If you get good sleep, if you get good sleep for an epileptic patient, adults or child, it sets the tone for the rest of the day.
1: Oh yes, it does. It does. It does. And so I, his teachers that would text like me. My,
2: yes, <laughs> that's the number one thing. And then also, it sets the tone for even learning. So when we sleep, when when Aiden is sleeping, he's assimilating what's happened throughout the whole day. Mm-hmm. He's, he's re, you know he's sort of reconciling that in his brain. He's filing things away that he's learned. Um, this is non REM and REM sleep. His hormones change during sleep. The gut flora changes, like we talked about. You know the intermittent fasting and how our gut flora changes with circadian rhythm. So same thing with a child when they're sleeping regular hours and get a good night's sleep, it makes such a difference on seizure patients more than anything.
1: Yes, even
0: yeah, yeah, and hydration because we noticed that when he's when he has not had enough water, he'll have twitches. He'll just have like constant twitches, like nonstop. Or he'll have, um, what the other thing is, is the jerks. And the urine, when he does go to the bathroom, the urine is oh. so strong. It's like you can smell the medication coming through it. Ah,
2: okay. So, How do you get him to drink water?
0: A cup a cup or? Just a cup or we use, we use a syringe. <laughs> just pump him up. I usually okay. like to force. I just usually like to offer him a piece of. Okay. Uh, you know, a fruit or something or something in exchange, like, hey, drink the water and I give you a toy or I give you something, you know, some, let's make a deal. Some
1: firm talking. Well, yes, yeah, so I don't want to say
0: that because I don't know if the CPS is listening. <laughs> but yeah, but
1: he, we, he's getting older now. So we said, do you want to have seizures? Like we we, he,
0: we can talk to him into it.
1: Yeah. Now. Okay. We, we can say, good. do you want to have seizures? No. Okay. Drink your water. And he knows about being healthy. Yeah. Like we usually say, we do you want to be healthy? Yes. Okay. Healthy people drink water. A lot of it.
0: Yeah. Um, that's one of the things to do. Um, one of many things that we've been doing with him is also encouraging him to speak because um, when he first started having those massive seizures in the beginning, uh, about two and a half years old, when he was just starting to use his words and he stopped and that was teaching him sign language, now he's able to start to use his words on his own and it's just like the clarity is starting to come through. Nice. Now, are you also integrating things like that? Because I know that... One of, uh, one of the other things that were are um, on with children uh, with muscle tone weakness, their jaw muscles are weak, their tongue, they're not able to, you know, pronounce certain words or things like that.
2: Well, I, yeah, so I work with what's called a myofunctional therapist, and they um, help, and you, you, can, you can even Google it. There's, the exercises are online. It's called myofunctional yeah. therapy, and that helps. There's different exercises you can do for the mouth. Um, using a tongue depressor, you know, moving the tongue back and forth, tie, you know, tying a string to a button, and having you know, basically, you know, having the button in the in the lip, and having him close the lip while you tug on tug on the string. That um, ah. teaches him to have like purse his lips essentially, and strengthen the muscles there. Um, that helps with speech, um, and then okay. um, sometimes kids will have what's called an appliance. So you know, it might be like. Not, it's not it's not braces but it's it's, it's a mouth appliance that that slips mm. in um oh. and it'll either widen the palate help with swallowing um help with like bruxism like clenching of the jaw so it, it, when i said it takes a village i, re- I really mean it so oh. i i refer to certain
1: dentists that that deal with special needs children wow. say the name again you said was it? You said a bifunctionist, You said myofunctional therapy.
0: Mm-hmm. Myofunctional. I've heard of it. I've heard of it. It's interesting because I saw a product on Instagram. It's called Jawercise, like jaw, and basically it's a ball. It's a rubber ball. You heat it up um, in hot water, and then you just bite down. You clench down, and what it is supposed to do is chew on it. Almost, it's just a ball that you kind of chew on, and it strengthens the muscles around the jawline.
2: Well, what's, what, what I actually recommend is something called a Myo Um M-Y-O, and then munchie is M-U-N-C-H-E-E. It's a chewing device, but it's not a ball, so it's, a, it's the shape of, of a mouth, and then it has a, a thing that you can tug on, and the, basically the child puts it into their mouth, and then they tug on it on their own. So you read a book, you say, okay, we're gonna read a book together, you put in the Myo munchie, and the kid starts to pull on it, so it brings the jaw forward, into a right alignment. Ah. Um, so look it up. Yeah, we have it. it. It's better than just chewing on a ball because you're looking at forward growth and not just like vertical growth. Mm.
0: Ah, interesting. Okay. Wow. I know. Okay, the- we got
2: to do another. Yeah. Yes we, on do. That. yes, we do. Yes, we do. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and,
0: and, and that's my thought too. Is the next podcast we're going to do is like how to help the child outside of CBD, the exercises, the yeah, therapies. Everything. Yeah, it's not just one thing. But oh my god, this has been awesome. I can I could do this for another hour. Because we got a lot of catching up to do, but we're not going to. Read.
1: I think your listeners, I don't think your listeners are. Oh, yeah, they die that. out. People yeah, yeah. die out.
0: Well, I, <laughs> and again, those who are in need and just have no clue, this is a great episode. So props to them for staying tuned in. Uh, Dr. Chen, thank you again for your time. Really appreciate you. Love you like family and um, for everything you've done for us. I mean, wholeheartedly, and I've been waiting to tell you this. Thank you very much. Thank uh, you.
1: Oh,
2: it's been my pleasure. And you can find find my information at drjunchin.com.
0: Yes, yes. And
2: when you look at it, you'll see Aiden. Aiden's right out there in front, and
1: I have
0: this whole. <laughs> <little> yeah, <laughs> I see. I know him. we see it. Oh my God, he looks so much different now.
1: He yeah, if you see him now, you wouldn't I know. recognize him. Oh, he's so itty bitty. <laughs> oh yeah, he was bitty.
0: Now he's like, I'm playing middle linebacker. <laughs> <laughs> He's, oh that's
2: awesome. Well when all, when you know when things get better we should definitely see each other in person. Definitely. Yes. I would
0: love and look forward to it. Um I know that our the CWC is still having their show this year. Um so I'll keep you posted as well. Uh, hopefully I'll see you on some webinar.
1: And you're doing telehealth, right? Right now virtual only? Yeah. Yep, I'm doing telehealth. Oh, great. Um
2: CWC I think I'm speaking in October actually in women's health.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Wow. Awesome. Yep. So yep. Now are you're All right. So you have um any live casts that you're doing uh, the webinars are you uh, posting any on your website
2: yes I'm posting it on my website and my Instagram page
0: Oh, oh awesome we we'll definitely look forward to seeing that and we'll stay in touch and definitely looking forward to seeing you again and we'll bring Aiden you're just not going to recognize it. so different. oh I love it <laughs> alright sounds good All right. thank you alright have a good summer you too okay. thank you thank you bye 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 thanks for tuning in another episode of Love and, and cannabis. cannabis. I'm Osiris Stephens.
1: And I'm Nina Simmons.
0: Be strong and stay empowered.